Main Street to Wall Street, global business celebrity and former Fortune 100 C-suite executive Jeffrey Hazlett takes you inside the good, the bad, and the ugly of businesses today. Saddle up. It's time for All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. All right, folks, what does your entrepreneurial journey look like or even sound like or represent? Everyone has their own motive for becoming one. For many, they do it out of necessity or because they're fed up with corporate America. For today's guest, it was by accident. Kara Golden is the founder and CEO of Hint Inc. and has a remarkable success story. She's here today to recount her unique story of success and also how to move past the doubters, the haters, and fears of failure and discuss her book, Undaunted, Overcoming Doubt and Doubters. Kara, welcome back to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Great to be here. Hey, first question is, and I read the book. Thank you for the book. I actually gave a copy of it to my daughter who's leading her own business and starting her own entrepreneur activities. And she loved it. So why do you call yourself an accidental entrepreneur? Well, I didn't know that I was going to become an entrepreneur. In fact, when I had the idea for Hint, it was uh, it really stemmed out of a problem that I had around what I was putting into my body. Uh, diet soda. And when I realized that these ingredients that I was reading on the label were not that great for me, and I just did a little test one day, that's when I figured out that drinking water was really boring. And that's why I didn't drink plain water for many, many years. The diet soda that I thought was healthy was not as healthy as maybe I thought. And, uh, and it cleared up a lot of health issues that I had just by making that switch. So when I, I was surprised, I was curious why this made this dramatic change for me, uh, in my health. And that's when I thought, gosh, why isn't there a product on the market that has just fruit and water, no sweeteners, just fruit and water. And I kept thinking I was shopping at the wrong locations. I looked everywhere on both coasts. And that's when I really thought, maybe I should just go develop this product. I mean, you talked about having a calling. I think that that was my calling. Still didn't call it uh, being an entrepreneur. Maybe mm-hmm. I thought about you know getting a product on the shelf and starting a new company. But more than anything, it was really about that calling that curiosity and that ability to actually go solve a problem that could affect millions and millions of people's health that I had this idea for that I thought I need to just go do this. You know, I want to get back to this health thing because I think that's an interesting piece too. As I recall from talking to you in the past and reading the book, I mean, you lost a lot of weight. It changed the way you looked at your body, looked at yourself. Isn't that true? Yeah. I mean, I think I, understood what I was putting in my car more than what I was putting in my body. Frankly, frankly, I had developed terrible adult acne. I had been a tech executive, actually media started my career in media, then was in, uh, was in tech for years was, uh, prior to founding hint, I ran AOL's e-commerce and shopping partnerships and considered a sex successful, uh, tech executive. And it wasn't until I took a break for a couple of years to spend time as a mom and be with my family that I really 
was paying attention to ingredients first for my own young kids, trying to make sure they had the right meals on the table and, you know, the right diapers and soaps and all that kind of stuff. But then when I realized that maybe I wasn't as healthy, that I was, I had this crazy acne that I didn't even have as a teenager, plus this weight. I I was excellent at gaining weight over the years. I was terrible at losing the weight and I couldn't figure out why. But when I realized that these diet sweeteners were actually just doing all kinds of crazy stuff inside my system that, again, I thought diet meant health. That's what I had Mm -hmm. really picked up on over the years. And and as I talked to people about this, when I finally figured out that just by cutting out diet sweeteners, that's what allowed me to change my own health and get back in control. I realized that a lot of other people had the same issue and the same uh, were miffed by the idea that that this was, you know, really what was occurring. And sometimes it wasn't diet soda. Sometimes it was, you know, these enhanced waters like vitamin water, for example, that people thought was a lot healthier and better for them than it was. And Again, that was that was shocking for me that I thought that here, you know, I had been thinking that I was doing better than even full fledged soda just by, you know, going and and shifting over to diet. But it wasn't the case. Now, I get a question because sometimes it's interesting. You're calling out some of these. Let me just say that. Mm -hmm. I mean, you 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 just mentioned somebody by name. You've Mm -hmm. talked about the diet. Uh, products, which I, without question, I agree with you hundred percent. So don't mistake this question, Yeah. but you catch, are you get any, any blowback when you do that? When you mention that nice product placement, by the way, you know, put Oh, that thank right. you. Yeah, here yeah, it is. You, uh, you know, it, it's interesting. I mean, first of all, there are a lot of vitamin enhanced waters, yeah. uh, you know, vitamin water was probably the first one, but I think that there's no denying that uh, that vitamin water. I mean, when 16 years ago, when I started my product, vitamin water was never the drink that I drank because, as I said, I was drinking diet soda for years, uh, diet coke in particular. But it was, it, you know, when when you talk to people who first picked up a bottle of vitamin water, why did they pick it up? And you're a marketer. Yeah. They picked it up because they thought that there was a promise. Of vitamins, right? right? That it that vitamins to Americans, probably whatever the word is throughout the world, but vitamins means health to people in their brain. It's we we are there are words. Water also means health. And when you combine the two of those things together, I mean, I've talked to many attorneys over the years, somewhat shocked that they were able to get that trademarked because you would not pass a whatever, second grade vocabulary test on, on the word water when you add sugar to it. Right. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. And yet the original vitamin waters had more sugar in it than a can of Coke. Mm. I mean, it's, it's somewhat crazy. And when you think back, how many people have been fooled thinking that that product or, you know, many others like it, were actually more healthy. I think for me, the issue with diet sweeteners was I thought that the word diet again meant health, but I I really equated health to low calories. And I think that the challenge with that and more and more information has come out over the last 16 years around this is that, you know, how the brain actually processes, they don't necessarily know how many calories 
are in something. Instead, it's based on how sweet something is. And yeah. so many of these companies, and not just the soda companies, many of the food companies have figured out how to dial in zero calorie sweeteners. And yet the consumer thinks that they're achieving health. That is not what the brain is actually thinking when it actually hits the, the, the sweet stuff hits the system. And oftentimes in the case of my situation, you're producing insulin. So no, it's a, it's a very crazy it's, thing. It is. It's, it's an interesting piece to see how marketers have done what they've done to get you to believe what you think was healthy or what was right for your body. Listen, I I've been convinced over the last year or so to just strict with water, wine, whiskey, Okay. And coffee. Those are my four. That's it. And anything outside of that, I just don't drink. C-Suite Radio. Did you think, listen, I, you know, I'm going to add flavor to water. I'm going to add a, a hint of, of, of flavor. Did you think it was even going to be this successful? You know, I, I think sometimes if you actually think about the end, right. And you're, and I've met many entrepreneurs who do this where Either they they focus on the end and then you know they're in a race to go make it happen. Yeah. And it's uh and for me, it was really about just having great tasting water. And I thought I've I've figured something else, something out for myself that actually gets me to enjoy water. And I want to go give this to people to appreciate as well and maybe fix some health issues. And I think early on you know, when I got the first bottle on the shelf at Whole Foods, we did something really, really interesting that wasn't being done uh, 16 years ago that frankly, I brought from the tech industry, which was to put an email and 800 number on the bottle. We still have that on the bottle. And from the first week that we got it on the shelf at Whole Foods, people were reaching out to us and sharing their stories with me. Don't tell anybody, but I was the customer service person getting the emails and, and taking the phone calls. But it was fascinating because things like type two diabetes, I had never heard of type two diabetes 16 years ago. It was oh, wow. about 2% of the population had this disease. Yeah. And so I would talk to customers who were sharing that they really had a hard time with drinking water and that they were, uh, very similar to me, weren't necessarily drinking diet soda, but wanted an, an alternative because they knew that they needed to stay away from sweeteners, that they really were testing the spikes that they were getting when they were having these diet sweeteners. And it was, I, I guess what I felt early on was that I had this audience that was growing. I didn't know these people, but just by giving them the opportunity to purchase something like a bottle of water for two bucks or less, that was allowing them to achieve health, to, to let them know that they could change something. And I was, I was really, really, uh, you know, encouraged and, and excited about this because I felt that it was, if I could help somebody really achieve getting a, um, you know, having hope, right? Anytime that you can do that kind of role, I think that that is, and, and do that with a product. I think that that's, it makes you feel really great. 
So, by the way, speaking of diabetes, number one cause of blindness, number one cause of heart failure, number one cause of kidney failure, number one cause of amputations in the world. I used to be the lobbyist for the American Diabetes Association. So, wow, um, massive, massive problem, especially on uh, Indian reservations, and of course, um, a good, pop, good, good percentage of our population. Let let me. I, I always love entrepreneurs and I'm, I'm this way myself. Maybe that's why I love entrepreneurs. And I seem to sense that you have the same kind of mode of operation. I, as I'm building the plane, I'm flying it. Mm-hmm. I had the sense that you did the same thing with Hint. Is that true? Absolutely. I, you know, and I, I frankly, somebody was asking me the other day, where did that come from? And, and I think that when I look at industries and and tech, the tech industry in particular, that industry is built up of having uh, upgrades and 2.0 additions. And so it was always this belief that if you if you put something out there, for sure it's going to be better. And six months or a year or whenever, you're you're going to have that upgrade. When I jumped into the drinks industry. It was amazing to me how that was so unique. You think about it when products hit the shelf, they either die or right. I mean, or they, or they're super successful and there's no kind of in between. It's kind of like, we're just going to keep getting better along the way. And so I definitely had that mindset and it's something that I always share with entrepreneurs that your product is not going to be perfect. I mean, you may think it's perfect and you do the best job to, obviously, if it's a food product, make sure it's safe and all of that. But once you get it on the shelf, you're going to find out things about your label, about, uh, you know, the customer is going to share things that maybe in a focus group, they wouldn't have even been able to tell you either. And so I think that that's really such an important thing is that you're going to learn things, fly that plane and just keep building it and just know that, it's pretty darn good, but I know in six months from now, it's going to even be better. Yeah. You, you start off making wanting to go a great product. Then you find out what end caps are and shelf placement is. And, uh, you know, Lighting. To, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All Lighting. Those, I'm yeah. sure with Kodak, yeah. I mean, I'm, I can only imagine, right. You, yeah. I mean, the things that you learned along the way and, and things that, you know, even having a brightly colored drink like vitamin water next to us on the shelf, how that would impact our sales. C-Suite Radio. How did you come up? How did you come up with the name Hint? Which is, you know, quite frankly, in retrospect, I, as I understand the story, you'll tell me a little bit, maybe by accident, but just in retrospect, holy crap, how good was that? And, (laughs) and, and, and it's just so freaking perfect. Thank okay. you. Well, it's, so spot, I, it's spot on. It's spot on. So again, I, I was taking a couple of years off being a, being a great mom and uh, with my young kids under the age of four, and I was incubating this idea. And then I decided it was time to share this idea with my husband. Cause I was having to take some money out of our bank account to go buy bottles and caps and fruit. And <laughs> uh, so he, uh, as he says, I kind of dropped a bomb on him about this idea and that I had been incubating that I was going to start a beverage company. He said, so what's the name of the beverage company? And I said, okay, you ready? It's called Wawa. And he said, 
and he he he's an he's an attorney. Yeah. Um, he's an intellectual property attorney, and he said, "Kara, so I know you grew up on the West Coast, but there's this tiny, well, not yeah. so tiny, yeah, not so uh, tiny convenience <laughs> store chain out in Pennsylvania, <laughs> and that is probably not a good idea." And yeah. I said, "Okay." Well, uh, and he said, just keep talking, keep Let me, let me hear more about this idea. And along the way, I said, you know, there's, we're giving people hints and there's, uh, there's some hint in, in the product. I was kind of joking around with myself. And then I said, wait a minute, hint. And he said, four letters, you're never going to get the trademarks on it. And I, and so I had this little secret that I was keeping from him. And I, I, was debating whether or not, or when was the right time to tell him? And I said, okay, well, uh, also I'm pregnant with our fourth child. And he said, you're starting a new company in an industry that you know nothing about. And you're going to have four kids under the age of six. And I said, you got it. That's right. And by the way, uh, another trademark to file is drink water, not sugar. And he started laughing and he left the room. I wasn't sure if he walked out of the house or where he went at this point, he had just given up. He just said, this is, this is a hopeless conversation. And, uh, by the way, we got the trademarks worldwide for hint also for drink water, not sugar. And my son, Justin was born on the afternoon after I got my first bottle on the shelf at whole foods. Wow. What did you What did you name your son? You didn't name your son something like that, did you? Like no. bottle or Justin? Or, very normal. Oh, he's not. He's not named like Whole Foods or anything like that. No, so. very no, very normal. <laughs> but it was uh, it was my goal. I set a yeah. goal. I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to achieve it. I said, uh, you know, I want to be able to take a few weeks off after uh, delivering our son, and and that's when uh, you know I had a goal. Again, I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to achieve it, but that morning I didn't have to be at the hospital until two o'clock that afternoon. So I was, uh, I went to whole foods that morning and, and actually educated the guy stocking the shelves at whole foods on where babies come from as crazy as that sounds. So he wanted to know, uh, how I knew that I was having a baby at two o'clock in the afternoon. And I said, Oh, I'm having a planned C-section. And when you're living in that world of, you know, you're, you're, having babies, maternity. And I just, you know, sort of laid it out there. He said, wait, what's the difference between a planned C-section and an emergency C-section? I said, I've had both. So I, yeah. I can share information. The plan's much better. <laughs> and he was very interested in the whole thing. So I sat there for the next 10 minutes telling him, you know, the difference between the two. And at the end I said, by the way, is there any way that we could get the product on the shelf? Cause I got to go in a little bit to go have a baby. And, and he said, Oh yeah, I'll try. I, I don't know, but I'll, I'll give it a try. So we didn't know when we left whole foods that day, whether or not he was going to do it the next day in the hospital, he called me and said, the 10 cases are gone. And I said, who took the cases? And he said, no, I mean, I put them on the shelf and somebody bought the cases, but I, I can't hold the space for very long. You guys got to get back in here. And wow. so we checked out of the hospital and 
that that's the story of the beginnings of hints. Okay. I have to tell you, that's badass. I don't care who you are. That's just <laughs> badass stuff right there. And I, I just think that's cool. And I love the thought of you have this big audacious goal. Like I have a big audacious goal around the C-suite network. I mm-hmm. think most entrepreneurs, but I don't always know how to get there. And, and my team's always saying, well, what's the plan? I don't know. Let's figure it out. So a big part of it. Now, last year, during the pandemic, your sales grew by, I believe, roughly about 50%. So what are some of the opportunities that you capitalized during that time that you kind of, you know, you know, COVID didn't always cause things, but it accelerated some things. So, you know, what opportunities were out there for you? So many lessons learned. I probably have another book over just managing through the pandemic, but you know, first of all, I think run your business in a way that uh, that you're going to have another pandemic, right? You're you are planning how can you do better, which frankly is something very similar to what I mentioned before. It's almost like 2.0. What how what else can we be doing to actually make what we're doing better? So in this case, at the end of 2019, we automated a bunch of our plants. We have about eight plants throughout the U.S. And we automated a a lot of that. So there's no people in the room when we're actually filling the product. And uh, we didn't know there was a pandemic coming. But once the pandemic hit the U.S. in March, that's when we needed to make sure as an essential product that we were running our plants 24 hours a day. So we were ready. Um, Did we know that there was a pandemic coming? Of course not. But always having this mindset of how can we do better? Things are going great. But if we were to get 20% more sales, 50% more sales, 100% more sales, would we be ready? And what is that breaking point? So I think so many entrepreneurs don't actually have that mindset, uh, you know, going in and they're worried, they're, they're trying to get their way out of a hole instead. So that was something that we did really right. I think in addition, something that I talk about in the book is the 2008, 2009 financial crisis. So obviously uh, if you're, if anyone was running a business during that time, I mean, it was hard for everybody, but particularly as a small business, because uh, the, the market was running scared, right. And the money was drying up if you needed to go out and raise money. And so that was a time when, as I share in the book, that we almost shut the company down because we didn't have enough money in the bank. So in March, what I realized is that I had enough money in the bank, but I didn't have enough money in the bank to last me for two years if this you know pandemic was going to go on for a while. And so we went out by the end of March to go out and do a raise while the entire country is shutting down in order to make sure that we weren't in that same position that we were back in 2008, 2009. And, and again, I think you can make the same mistake once, but don't make the same mistake twice, right? Yeah. That's, that's a major lesson as well. And then I think also take care of your people. I mean, that, that never goes away, whether it's during a pandemic, whether it's, uh, you know, during normal times, I think it's always looking at your people and making sure, obviously, that they're safe, but also um, that you can do what you're supposed to be doing to in order to be leading them. In our case, we were uh, we're an essential product, and so we were uh, mandated to be able to support uh, the the sales inside of stores to make sure that shelves were stocked with water. Um, so we while some industries were, 
And some companies were sharing with their team to shelter in place and and uh, work from home. I was actually sharing with our team that you need to go out uh, to stores and still be doing your job. And here's your N95 mask left over from the fires in California that we had in the warehouses and uh, hand sanitizers, et cetera. But in addition, I didn't feel like I could actually look at my team and say, you guys go out while I'm staying inside uh, my office. And so I went out and took on a route and I went back to the early really? days of him. I love that. And, and stocking shelves, number one, to make sure that my team was safe, but also to make sure that they knew that I was coming in with them. Right. Which I think that people have asked me, how did you know to do that? And I didn't, but it's, it it really is a, it's a, I don't don't know. I've never been in the military, but I would guess it's the same thing. If you're not really sure. You're you're leading from the front. I mean, you know, and by the way, that opens you up, right, Kara, in terms of learning. I mean, when I was a CMO of Kodak, I used to talk about how I'd go to Best Buy and put on a blue shirt and actually sell our products in the store. That totally. way, when someone told me this is how it works, I know how it works. I did this. Did you do this? I, yeah. I didn't talk about it. I did it. That's what you did. I love that. Well, and I I mean, I, I think that that's true in how I lead in general in this company. And it's something that I've shared with many entrepreneurs over the years and other CEOs too. It's just that the, the beauty of actually starting a company and doing the customer service, doing um, building the first direct-to-consumer store that we had, um, figuring out how to put SEO in, figuring out how to go out and merchandise and pull cases out of the back room at Target, whatever it is, I can do all of that. Do I do it every day? No, I don't do it every day. I hire people to actually go and do those things. And in most cases, they do it way better than I do. But can I do it? You bet. And yeah. and I think that there are times when as a leader, you need to show up and you need to be able to do those things. Or at the very least, you need to be able to understand those things in case somebody decides to go find another job or, you know, they need more support. You need to be able to jump in and do that. All right. Well, lots of lessons learned. I I, I literally could go on for the next hour and a half, two hours or longer because I love talking to you. You're Thanks. inspiring and it's just a lot of fun to listen to somebody who's doing it right and doing it so well and the way in which you're scaling the business. And it's just fantastic to see Thank you. And, and overcome. We didn't even get into the like the doubters and, uh, you know, captains of no. And there's a lot of them out there. So you're listening to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by C-Suite Radio, a podcast network featuring today's top business experts and is part of the C-Suite Network, the world's most trusted network of C-Suite executives. Find this and other business podcasts on c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.